Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello and welcome to The Inner Life here for this Wednesday. This is our program about spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And so glad to have you with us for this hour. Now, do you find yourself growing tired of all the cliffhangers that we experience now in movies and in television? It seems like uh, there are so many more movies these days that are coming out that have some sort of to-be-continued. You know, that's nothing new, of course. Television shows back in the 50s and 60s, they would do that all the time. They'd leave the hero in some precarious or dangerous situation, and then the show would end by saying, to be continued. And this, of course, was to try and bring back as much of that audience as possible for the next week's show so that their ratings would stay up. But then that fad of ending television shows with that to-be-continued cliffhanger, it seemed to kind of fade away for television in the 70s and the 80s. You had a few instances, but, you know, it would more be an occasional show with a longer storyline that they'd do that kind of tactic once maybe in a season of that television show, but it was fairly rare. But then in the summer of 1990, there was the season finale of Star Trek The Next Generation. And I remember this one. This was the last episode of their third season. And in that episode, Captain Jean-Luc Picard, he's captured by this alien group called the Borg. And right at the end of the episode, you see Captain Picard. He's been transformed into one of these Borg creatures. And that's where it ended. It left you with that cliffhanger of not knowing if the captain of the Enterprise was going to be all right. And that really kind of seemed to start this trend with television shows where they would end their seasons on these big cliffhangers. You had to wait all summer until the season began in the fall to see how they continued and wrapped up that storyline. Now, if you're not familiar with the Borg, it's this alien group in the Star Trek universe, and it's made up of cybernetic organisms. One of the Borg individuals, they look humanoid, but they also will have mechanical or robotic additions on their body, a robotic hand, a mechanical eye, something like that. But the reason that the alien group is so threatening to the humans and the other uh, aliens that are on the Enterprise or any other starship there in that universe is because they assimilate other species into what they call their collective. And they assimilate by force any creature that they come across. And then that human or that other alien creature, they, became, they become a drone, a part of the Borg collective. And all of those drones are linked to this hive mind. So if you're captured, if you're assimilated by the Borg, you lose your personality, you lose your individuality, you lose your free will. You essentially become an emotionless slave to the collective. And the Borg, everyone that they encounter, they say the same thing. Resistance is futile. 
You will be assimilated. You will be united into the collective. You might as well surrender. And that word surrender, it oftentimes can have a negative association for us. If there's a war, if there's a battle, if you can't win, what do you have to do? You have to surrender. You lose. If you can't pay your bills, you might have the bank or other creditors come and take your possessions. You have to surrender your car, surrender your furniture, your other belongings to be repossessed. But as Catholics, as followers of Christ, we are called to surrender our lives over to God. And since we have this perception in our world of surrender being associated with weakness or with failure— It might be a struggle for us to be able to surrender our lives, surrender fully, every area of our lives, give everything over to Jesus. And then we also, of course, have our pride or our arrogance that get in the way. Or maybe we don't even realize that we're holding on to something, we're attached to something that is keeping us from being fully united with Christ. So that's what we want to talk about today here on The Inner Life, how we can surrender ourselves and be fully united with Christ. And helping us take a look at this, dive into this topic today here as our spiritual director, Father Sean Kilcauley, is back with us once again. He's a priest in the Diocese of Lincoln, Nebraska. He's the pastor of St. Leo the Great and Martin of Tours Churches. He's also the director of the Office of Family Life and the Freedom from Pornography Apostolate. Uh, Father Sean, so glad to have you back here on the program. And I just realized this morning when I read through your uh, little bio there, St. Leo the Great... uh, uh, church. This is a big day for your church with the Memorial of St. Leo. It is, Josh. Thanks. And it's it's so good to be with you. And uh, and yeah, it is a blessed, a blessed week because uh, today is St. Leo's feast day and tomorrow is my other parish's feast day of St. Martin de Tours. So, so it's a busy week as well. And, uh, <laughs> so, and, you know, St. Leo, he's got that the great after his name. For anybody who's maybe not familiar with him, before we dive into our topic of surrender, uh, could you give us maybe just a quick, you know, 90-second bio on St. Leo and why he was acclaimed as one of those great saints? <laughs> so St. Leo was, <clears throat> he's the first pope to be called the great. And... um and really known mostly for his defense of Christology um, at a time when there was a lot of confusion about the person of Christ in the church. And uh, probably my favorite scene of St. Leo was his confrontation with Attila the Hun when Attila the Hun was coming into Italy and St. Leo went out to meet him. And and at that moment, Attila the Hun surrendered, um, his forces surrendered and turned back and uh and so, so I think he is a great patron for our times in, uh, in both defending the church's doctrine, um, but also just protecting the church and the heart of the church from those forces of the enemy. And there you use that word again, surrender, when you were talking about Attila the Hun, which, you know, again, maybe has that kind of negative connotation. Oh, he couldn't keep going. He couldn't do the thing he originally set out for. But the last time you were on the program, and the reason we wanted to talk about this, you and I were talking, and we were talking with the listeners, inviting their, uh, their, their experiences and their questions in, talking about overcoming pornography and the hold that it takes in so many people's lives. And at one point during the hour, I said, you know, when we have something we want to fix in our life, something that we want fixed immediately, we do want that quick, quick fix. 
And I asked you if there was any sort of quick fix for somebody struggling, dealing with a porn addiction. Is there anything that you can do that will allow you to just be done with it, move on with life? And I went back. Here is exactly what you said in that show. So the only thing you have to do is surrender your entire heart to our Lord. Your entire heart. That's all you have to do. Your entire heart. That's all you have to do. I, I, <laughs> but that really stuck with me because, you know, that's not only for somebody that's struggling with a porn addiction. That's for the person who <clears throat> deals with, with fear and anxiety. How do you overcome that fear in your life? Well, surrender your entire heart to Christ. If, if someone has hurt you in some huge way and you can't find it in yourself to forgive them, how can you make your way to a place where you can offer that forgiveness? Surrender your heart to Jesus. So that, you know, going beyond so much more than just a porn addiction or any other kind of addiction, surrender your entire heart to Jesus. And I was hoping we might be able to unpack that a little bit today. Uh, first of all, maybe you can tell us, what, what do you mean? What should I have in my mind? How should I understand your words? Surrender my entire heart to Jesus. Yeah, I think there's lots of angles we could take on that, just drawing from different different passages in Scripture. Um, so to surrender our whole heart means to take refuge in Jesus. And so like Psalm 71, and you, O Lord, to take refuge. And for those of us who pray the liturgy, the hours every single day, um, we're constantly praying psalms that are reminding us that the Lord is our rock and our salvation. The Lord is our refuge. If the Lord is my refuge, of whom should I be afraid? Um, you know, the prophets often, you know, put this this sort of choice in front of us, right? Like to to recognize that God is God and I'm not God, and and so that God has to be the one that runs my life. Um, and in Lumen Fide, um, the document on faith, the the act of faith is described as it says, believing means entrusting oneself to a merciful love that always accepts and pardons and makes straight the crooked lines of our history. And, and that's really the language that I use most is, is to entrust ourselves to, and, and to entrust myself to somebody means that, that I, I make a gift of self, but I give myself into their hands or I give myself into their care. Um, in other words, I could, I could sort of turn off my brain and let them make all my decisions for the rest of the day. And I'm confident that at the end of the day, my life's going to be better than it was at the beginning. And, and, and so that means really believing that the Lord can take care of me and then allowing him to do so. And, and, and so when we use the word surrender, it, it is this kind of like um, the confrontation is happening in our heart because our Lord's relentless in, in wanting us to belong to him. And, uh, and then our, our tendency is to, to want to run our own life and, and maybe to, to do things on our own terms. And, and that's well, where so we kind of can get stuck. Let, let's, yeah, let's talk about that for a moment because you, you know, you use a phrase like, I can kind of turn off my brain. I can let God, I can let Christ make the decisions for me. I do trust that at the end of the day, he will have everything, the, the, my best interests at heart. And I, I don't know, are, are you a Star Trek fan? As I was talking about the Borg, are you familiar with that at all? 
<laughs> I'm a bit familiar, so... Okay, all right. So, but going back to that, you know, there's this alien collective that assimilates others. They lose their personality. They lose their individuality. And as you talk about, you know, I kind of turn off my brain. Maybe we can talk about this for a moment. And, uh, okay, so we just lost uh, Father... Okay, so tell you what, uh, let's try and get Father Sean back, because I don't want to ask a question that he can't hear, and so let me know when he's... Oh, great, thanks. Uh, Very quick work. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) Father, um, that example of the Borg, they assimilate Mm -hmm. others, and those people that are assimilated into that collective, they lose their personality, they lose their individuality, they lose their free will. When we surrender our heart to Christ, when we entrust ourselves to him, that word that you used. Is there the worry that we lose the parts of what makes us unique, that all of a sudden we become kind of a drone Christian? Um, because St. Paul, he, he even writes in his letter to the Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ, yet I live, but no longer is it me, it's Christ who lives in me. So how do I how do I reconcile the things that make me me, my thoughts, my feelings, those things, but at the same time allowing Christ to be the one who's leading the way in all regards in my life? Yeah, so so I think going back to um like the words of Jesus when when he says, you know, what father would give his son a snake when he asks for a fish or a scorpion mm-hmm. when he asks for an egg, he, he knows the number of hairs on our head that, that he knows who each of us are. And in the words of John Paul II, he loves us in a unique, exclusive and unrepeatable way. And, and so, so part of that trust is, is trusting that, that when we do give him our whole heart, he's, he's simply going to magnify everything that is good in us. And, and whatever parts of our lives that we don't like very much, you know, those, those will be diminished and, and whatever is good will be magnified. And, and there's something of, of falling in love with him. And, and when we fall in love with somebody, we are transformed. And, and I think that's a risk that we take anytime we love anyone is that like, I'm going to lose something, but what I'm gaining is much more than that. You know, mm. like I would hope that yeah. every married couple, when they get married, they're not the same person they were before they were married. Yeah, and that's exactly but where my mind their spouses went, was, magnified their love. Yeah, yeah, that that's my thought too. Is and in my marriage, I think now I am more secure in knowing who I am, and my wife has helped me on that journey to know myself better and to become a better person to be less selfish, less self-focused, to live out virtues um, because I want to I want to help her. So yeah, and, and of course then we have children and that helps me even grow further in being less self-focused. You know, I've got these little people who depend and rely on me for everything. So yeah, I, I think that's a very natural kind of uh, analogy for us to use. As we're talking about this, then, the big question, it's just simply how. How do I do this? How do I take steps so that I can fully surrender my life, my heart, every part of me? How do I surrender that to God? How do I entrust myself to his care? 
Yeah. So, so I think where I would start with that question is, is just asking somebody, you know, like where, where they sense the obstacles are, um, because our, our reluctance to surrender ourselves it can come from a lack of trust. Um, you know, if we've had people in our life who have violated our trust and, and it's really hard for us to believe that someone's going to take care of us, um, they're, you know, that might need to be addressed and, um, and recognizing that God is not like any of those people. Um, like it can be common if say somebody was abandoned by a parent, um, it's really hard for them to actually trust that God's going to take care of them. They might, they might say so intellectually, but, but their heart can be hesitant. Um, and, and to recognize that God is not that person and, and he's better than that person. Um, when we struggle to, to surrender our life, it's oftentimes because we don't, we don't really know how much our Lord loves us. And, and so going back and reflecting on like everything that our Lord has done for us in our life. And if that's hard to identify, looking back into salvation history at, at everything that our Lord has done for the people throughout salvation history. Um, like one of my favorite reflections is on the Magnificat and, and, and I sort of start with Mary's fiat when she says, you know, behold the handmaid of the Lord, let it be done to me according to that word. And, and, um, and when she goes and sees Elizabeth, Elizabeth says to her, blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the angel would be fulfilled, which is interesting coming from Elizabeth because her husband did not believe. I know. And, he, and he's, he's made mute. Until, and he's made mute, right. Until his son is born, right. Yeah. Exactly. And then I imagine Elizabeth like being frustrated with mute Zechariah all these, you know, for all these months. And, or maybe and then, she was so, saying, oh, finally. <laughs> so then, um, so, so when she says, blessed are you who believe, Mary responds with the Magnificat, which, right. which is sort of, it can be her response as to, as to the how, you know, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my savior. And then she starts to name all these things. The almighty has done great things for me. He has shown the strength of his arm and scattered the proud and their conceit is cast on the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. And, and we can connect those things to all these events in salvation history. When, when he led the people out of Egypt and the Red Sea collapsed on the Egyptians or, when Saul was removed as the king of Israel and, and David, this, the lowliest of his brothers, was raised up as king when he fed them with good things in the desert as they wandered for 40 years. And, and Mary understands that everything that the Lord has done for the people, he did for her. And, and because he's done all those things for her, she's able to say yes. And, and she understands that fully and she's able to say yes and, and surrender herself to something that's that's beyond any of our understanding that, you know, the Holy spirit would come upon her and she would conceive the son of God. And, and so, so for us too, it, it means constantly going back and reflecting on, on the love that the, the Lord has shown us. And, and as we do that, we become more confident to place our heart in his hands. Well, okay. So, first of all, let's open up the phones, Father. Uh, our, our spiritual director for the hour, Father Sean Kilkawi, uh, he is a priest from the Diocese of Lincoln, Nebraska. Today we're talking about how we can surrender ourselves fully to God, how we can actually live that out in our lives. And our studio line to join the program, 888-914-9149. What areas of your life are you finding difficult to surrender to God? Is there an attachment that you have you have been able to let go of? And how did that 
allow you to grow closer to Christ? How did you experience freedom in that? Uh, Is there something that is holding you back from surrendering your life to Jesus? And you'd like some advice, some help, a little uh, encouragement on your spiritual journey. Again, the studio phone number, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. And uh, so, Father, let's pick up on the Magnificat, because you, as you're talking about with Mary, she's able to surrender herself fully to God here at this moment. But as I'm listening to this, I might be thinking to myself, well, yeah, she's preserved from the stain of original sin. She has a lot more in her in her favor there than I do. I struggle with sin. Uh, let's talk about that next coming up here, uh, right after we come back from this short little time out. You're listening to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Thanks for joining us today here on The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond. Our spiritual director for the hour, Father Sean Kilcauley. He is a priest in the Diocese of Lincoln, Nebraska. Today, talking about how we can surrender our lives to God, surrender our hearts fully. And our studio line, 888-914-9149, if you'd like to be part of the conversation, 888-914-9149. And maybe there is an area of your life that you're struggling to surrender, to let go of. Uh, Maybe you have gone through that process of letting go of certain attachments, and you've experienced freedom, and you've been able to grow in your love, your trust of God and His providence, and we'd love to hear how God has worked in your life. Again, 888-914-9149. And so, Father Sean, right before the break, you had mentioned Mary's Magnificat, and we can look at that. You were talking about how it's one of your favorite meditations on just entrusting ourselves to the care of God. And I had said right before the break, okay, well, Mary is preserved from the stain of original sin. She doesn't deal with sin the same way that we do, that proclivity to sin that all of us have by uh, just the virtue of of, uh, being born with that stain. Is it realistic to look at Mary as an example in this regard of entrusting ourselves? Would she have had an easier time than us? And is that something—and I'm, I'm saying this playing devil's advocate for you here, you know, but, um, but is, is Mary the right person for us to look at here? So I think Mary, Mary is a model, and, uh, and believe me, I, I have been the king of, well, Mary is conceived without sin, so it doesn't count, right? Okay. And, and, uh, and I've, I've lived in that for a long time in my life. Um, and, and, I, and I think that, you know, like what, what Mary could do very naturally because she was preserved from original sin is, 
is what we're all called to grow into as we live in the life of grace. And, and, and we have to remember that we do have the life of grace. And, you know, we've received the Holy Spirit in baptism and confirmation. We have the Eucharist. We have the sacrament of reconciliation. And, and all of those things are helps to, to help us to grow, to, to see ourselves as we are, to see God as he is. And, and hopefully along the way, we, we have moments in our life that we can look at it and see how our Lord has entered in and changed everything. And, and as he does that, then that becomes the moment we look back to and say, the Almighty has done great things for me. And because I hope that all of us can say that, that the Almighty has done great things for me. And, um, and, it, and if we don't feel like we can yet, then, then it would be a really good thing to, to start to look for those great things and ask for those great things. Um, but because we're stuck in sin sometimes, like, uh, um, we have to recognize that first. Right. Yeah. If there's, if there's the difficulty finding those, are we just not looking hard enough because God cares for us in so many ways? I would think that it should be fairly simple to look at, at least in some areas, and be able to to say, yeah, of course, this is where God has taken care of me. This is where God has provided. Um, if there is somebody listening right now and says, I don't know, I'm really questioning where God has been at work in my life. How how do you go about looking at those moments, trying to find those? If if you're that person who feels there's that absence of God's goodness, yeah. I, I would say the first prayer to pray is just like, like Jesus, if you're real, I need you to show me where you are right now. And, and to, to just ask him um, to show us those places in our life. And, and it might even be just simply that they're listening to this radio program right now. And, you know, when I think about times in my own life, when, when our Lord has intervened, um, like there was, you know, a very simple thing that happened at, at a parish where a youth minister, I was working the kids booth at a parish bazaar and this youth minister invited me to youth, the youth group. And, and I sort of like blew it off, like, oh, I don't really have a ride. And, and then he like volunteered to like give me a ride every week. And, and being in that youth group, like changed my life and, and, and kind of planted the seeds of my vocation. And, and now I'm a priest and like everybody that I've ever affected in my priesthood was affected by that one guy who just offered me a ride. Hmm. and and i'm sure that he had no idea you know the impact that he had on my life that day right. um and i didn't recognize it so much either until looking back and reflecting on it more so you, you talked about obstacles that we might have in our lives as we look to try and surrender our hearts over to god and we commonly talk about those as attachments. So maybe we can talk about that for a moment, because by simply being human, we have certain needs. You know, we need food, we need water, we need clothing, shelter, a place to sleep. We need to interact with people. We can't be isolated. So there are these needs that we have in our life, but how do we know when those things that we need, when they, or, you know, maybe a certain one, grows into something more than merely meeting our needs? How do we know they've become that unhealthy attachment that then prevents or hinders us from surrendering our lives to God? Yeah, I think there's two questions that I ask is, one is, what do you do when you're stressed? You know, just like, what do you do when you're stressed? 
And like when you're stressed is the first movement of your heart to, to reach out for, you know, that bowl of candy is the first thing, the first movement of your heart um, to check your phone is the first movement of your heart to like go into some kind of fantasy. And, and cause whatever we do when we're stressed is our refuge. Hmm. And, and so, so we might just think about like, what do I do when I'm stressed? And, and so for example, like I, I just discovered recently that I probably could qualify as being addicted to food though, not really like horribly addicted to food, but, um, I went on this diet like through, back in May and uh, because I was like, I don't know, 60 pounds overweight and I've lost 60 pounds since then. But, um, but when I went on this diet, it was like this very strict kind of thing where you eat six times a day in small portions. And I got really frustrated with a, one of my brother priests one day. And, uh, and I remember standing there. I'm really frustrated. I've got these manifestos going off in my head and I'm staring at a bowl of Dove chocolates and thinking to myself, I'd be eating about 20 of those right now if I wasn't on this diet. And, and it made me realize like that one, I had an attachment to food because that's what I did when I was stressed. And, um, and two, I had an attachment to, um, just to being like resentful and to wanting to be in control of things that aren't in my control. And, uh, and I had to just sit there in the moment and just say, Jesus, I'm just going to give all of this to you. Like you have to take care of that priest. You have to take care of, you know, all these things I'm worried about that are outside of my control. And, uh, and I, I just need you to take care of me right now. Hmm. And, and so, so that prayer of surrender kind of turns into like, Jesus, I offer you like this bowl of dove chocolates that I want to eat right now. And I just need you to come and fill that space in my heart. Um, and, and so that's like one area. Um, so, so something that somebody might do is just like, if, if you're worried or, or wondering if you're attached to something, give it up for a while and just see like how much you think about it. Okay, so that's one area. Anything besides looking at those moments where we're stressed, where that, you know, is an indication of something that is an attachment for us? The other, the, I'd ask people is like how much they fantasize and what they fantasize about. And when I say fantasy, I don't just mean like, maybe like our go to kind of lustful fantasies or something like that. I mean, just like fantasizing about like, like, what if I was the boss of my company? Or like, what if everybody just listened to me all the time? Or what if I was the Pope? I mean, like, sometimes we can, we have these fantasies. And, and anytime we're, we're fantasizing like that, um, there, there's a part of us that's saying, like, I know better than God what my life should be like right now. And, and we're not living life on life's terms. Um, if I fantasize about being the pastor of a big, huge Lincoln Parish instead of a pastor of St. Leo's where we have like 60 families, um, I'm not living life on life's terms. And and I'm, I'm missing out on what our Lord wants to do with me right now. And, uh, and, and there might be pride in that. Sure. Um, but, but really, like if we're fantasizing, like that also can be like an attachment. Um, if we're having conversations in our head, like, like sometimes 
I mean, maybe I'm the only person that does this, but, and you know, you ever like finish your day and something happened and, and you weren't happy with how it went and you walk around your driveway having a conversation in your head about what you wish you would have said to that person. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's everyone. <laughs> right. Oh, so, if I only could have said that, boy, I would have shown them or exactly. oh, I would have, I would have sounded so brilliant at that moment. Yeah, of course. Everyone does that. <laughs> right. And so, so when we're doing that, um, like we're also just not living in the moment or, or like living our life as it is and, and something to do a way of surrendering those kinds of things is when we catch ourselves in that is, is one to turn it into a converse, a dialogue with Jesus is really helpful. So we're not just ruminating. Um, but we just talk to him about it and then, and then just give him that. Um, and again, like I always kind of have this formula of, like Jesus, I offer you the life that I think should be <laughs> and just invite you into my life as it is. Hmm. And uh, yeah, no, I, I, I mean that, that right there is again, uh, it, it takes me back to Jesus's words where he talks about, you know, the lilies of the field, the birds of the sky, you know, look at them, your father cares for them. And then he tells us, seek first God's kingdom. And then all these other things that you need, they'll be taken care of. They'll be added unto you, but seek first his kingdom. So that prayer that you're talking about, Jesus, I, this is the life I think you want me to be in. And please, yeah, <laughs> help me if this isn't the, the right path. Show me where I need to be. If it is the right path, then yeah, I, I want to be united to you. I, I love that attitude. Uh, let's see. Father, we've got some phone calls that are coming in. Let's go to Great. Cynthia. She is listening in San Marcos, Texas. Hi, Cynthia. Thanks for calling into The Inner Life. Hi, thank you. I'm looking for some spiritual advice uh, for me and for a friend of mine. I have a friend who's coming to visit me at Thanksgiving for a couple of days, and he has been struggling with pornography all of his, um, most of his life probably, I remember him telling me that his mom used to bring home a lot of men, different boyfriends, and that his sisters had been molested by some of these guys. Uh. So I know the possibility that he might have undergone some harm. But he grew up in the prison system and reform school, and uh, he's got some great good qualities, but this addiction has just overshadowed everything. Um, he is actually an ex-boyfriend, so I know at one time he was thinking he was in RCIA, and he helped me start the ministry work I do with the homeless. Um, so we had a conversation about a month ago, and he's like, he was just so distraught. I know I need to stop this. I don't know how. I just, I feel like I'm just falling, and um, I think he's just at that that moment where, and he's in recovery um, for your, they call it the jumping off place. But um, I'd like to get some advice on how can I help him. Hopefully I can maybe sit down and teach him how to pray the rosary. Um, I know one time he was so happy, he goes, I prayed the rosary last night. So I think he had looked it up. But that's been quite a few years back. And uh, I see him just suffering horribly. And actually, I also would like to know how do I get in touch with your apostle? And what was the date on the program y'all did last time on pornography? And thank you guys so much. Wow, thanks, Cynthia. And um, yeah, I'm just really sorry for everything your friend has gone through. Um, just a couple of things that come to mind. 
is uh, if <clears throat> one thing you could start with is if if you look for my YouTube channel, which is just under my name, Father Sean Kilcally, there's a uh, there's a lot of different talks that I've given there. Um, there's a talk I gave at Christendom College that's been a really helpful like like first step at looking at like the spiritual life and recovery. Um, and, and I think the biggest thing that you can do is, is pray for him and, and also just support him in the recovery work that he's doing. And, um, and if he's open to it, like continuing to, to encourage him in in the life of prayer and moving towards, um, towards the Catholic church, if he's not Catholic yet. Um, but, but if, if there are some of those like deeper, like trauma wounds and things like that, it would be. Um, it would be really important for him to find a trauma therapist that uh, that can help him to work through that and process that. And Cynthia, the program that uh, you're talking about, the last time that Father Sean was on, uh, that we dealt with the issue of freedom from pornography, that was September 27th, uh, just a uh, little over a month ago. And so if you go back and look at the podcasts, either on RelevantRadio.com or through the Relevant Radio app, you should be able to find that entire hour there. Uh, again, our spiritual director for this hour, Father Sean Kilcally, a priest in the Diocese of Lincoln, Nebraska, and today talking about how we can surrender our lives, our hearts over to God. How has that happened in your life? Uh, maybe there's something that you are really struggling with right now, something that's holding you back from surrendering your heart to Christ and you'd like some advice, maybe some help on your spiritual journey, and that's why Father Sean is here, and you can call and speak with him right now at 888-914-9149, and we'll continue talking about surrender and taking your phone calls here in just a moment on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Today, speaking with Father Sean Kilcally here on The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and so glad to have you with us here during this hour as we're talking about how we can surrender our hearts over to God and those things that might be holding us back from surrendering. And what are those areas of your life that have been difficult to hand over to God, to entrust to Him? And is there an attachment that maybe you have been able to let go of? You've been able to ex- experience that freedom uh, you've been able to grow closer to Christ because of that. Uh, we'd love to hear how that's uh, happened in your life, how God has worked in your life, maybe some practical things that you did that allowed you to let go of those attachments. In our studio line is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. I also really quickly want to mention, too, uh, you might have heard some announcements, some promotions that we've been running here over the last couple of days. Uh, we're here in November, last Sunday of November, that is 
first Sunday of Advent. And one thing I'd like to encourage you to do is sign up to receive Father Rocky's Advent Inspiration. Father Rocky is our executive director here at Relevant Radio, and he's put together these short daily audio reflections that really help keep you engaged during the Advent season. And uh, as you get those every single day, it's a great way to stay focused on Advent (laughs) and not be celebrating Christmas like a lot of our culture wants to do, uh, right? I mean, even right now, but especially right after Thanksgiving. So keep that focus on Advent. Sign up for Father Rocky's Advent Inspirations, and they're absolutely free. All you have to do is go to our website, relevantradio.com, or you can uh, go to the Relevant Radio app, and you'll see a banner where you can sign up there, or you can go relevantradio.com slash Advent, and you'll find those there. I hope you do sign up. Uh, Again, first Sunday of Advent, November 28th. So anytime before then, sign up, and uh, you'll get those sent directly to your email box. Father, as we've been talking about attachments here, sometimes those attachments might take a different form, because most of the time when I think attachment, I'm thinking possessions, or maybe I'm thinking of people that I love. You know, I'm too attached to my boat or my car. I don't have a boat, but you know, whatever that possession might be. Or maybe I'm too attached to my spouse or my kids. But another thing that comes to mind, and you mentioned this earlier in the hour, you know, where we might have been hurt by somebody, I might be holding on to that hurt, some sort of grudge, you know, and if we're hurt by them, we want to punish them by continuing a resentment by not offering forgiveness. So, I mean, there's several problems in that kind of situation there, uh, holding on to that hurt and that resentment. If we're not offering that person forgiveness who hurt us, we're not allowing ourselves to be forgiven by God. You know, Jesus is very specific on that front when he gives us the Our Father. Uh, But there's also, we might have that attachment in a different way than we've ever kind of considered how can somebody take that hurt and be able to move past it, let go of that hurt, let go of that anger? That's a great question. And, uh, and there's probably as many answers as there are people. Who I have know. I, it's such a broad so question. And I'm I know that as I'm um, asking. <laughs> but I'm going to ask, I'm going to answer it in a couple of ways. Um, so, so one thing is is to just recognizing is it's just recognizing that that we're giving those people real estate in our heart you know like there are certain people who have hurt us and we have a resentment about that and we might think about it a lot and um and, and they're just taking up that space that that our lord wants to occupy um i know people who they have a resentment towards you know a, a family member or they have a resentment towards somebody that hurt them in their childhood and 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 they think about it a lot and they don't really even want a relationship with that person anymore but but they're just giving them this real estate and and it sometimes it you know it takes someone else pointing it out that you know you're just like letting you're holding on to that thing and it's just taking up your time um and and so so again then then there's like praying prayers of forgiveness um and, which can be very simple like Jesus in the name of Jesus, I forgive this person for this thing or this way in which they hurt me. Um, and when we notice that coming, just just to be able to trust, like, Jesus, you need to take care of this person. Or, or I trust that our Lord's going to carry out the justice that I cannot carry out myself. Mm. And, um, 
well, sounds another like thing, yeah, another thing that comes to mind as you're talking about, you know, praying for Jesus to work in you to get to a point of forgiveness, even just praying for that person. Because a lot of times if we're hurt by somebody, mm-hmm. we don't want to pray for anything good for them. We don't want anything good to happen to that person because we have been hurt by them. And, you know, I I remember this at one point. I had somebody who was talking to me about a past president of the U.S. and saying, oh, I hate that guy. I hate him. How can you not hate him? And I said, well, yeah, I might not like some of the things he's done, but if I'm praying for him every day, how can I hate somebody that I am keeping in prayer? And I, I think that might be a good step as well to be able to say, if I'm not praying for that person, then I, I, I'm holding back from wanting God's will in their life and wanting their eternal salvation, their eternal happiness— that might be a good first step. Just pray for that person. God, yeah. I'm having a hard time with this, but please help with them with whatever they need in their life. Something yeah. that simple. And it, and if it's too hard to pray for that person, um, you can have mass offered for that person and just oh, like call yeah. your parish and have mass offered for them. And sure. you've taken care of them and you don't have to hold them in your imagination while you pray. If you can hold them in your imagination, to sometimes it's helpful to to just ask our Lord to show you how he looks at them. And and sometimes I'll do that. And I'll just like, I'll just say, Jesus, I need, I, I need to see how you see this person and, and kind of watch our Lord's gaze at them. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, and another obstacle to forgiveness can sometimes be that we're waiting for reconciliation. You know, that, that somebody's hurt us and we really want to be in a relationship with them, but they, they, won't admit that they hurt us. You know, they're not asking for our forgiveness. And so we're withholding it, but we're hoping that someday they're going to ask for it. And, and again, we can just get stuck there for a long time. And every time we see them, we're hoping that they're going to like come around and admit that they hurt us. And, and, and so, so we can forgive on our own side of things with the hope that eventually, you know, our Lord will move in that other person's heart. Um, but, but it's like, again, I think we have to take inventory of, of the fact that holding on to resentments is hurtful to us. Um, you know, the Alcoholics Anonymous big book says that the greatest killer of addicts is resentment, not alcohol. Um, (laughs) because resentments always lead to relapses and resentments lead to, you know, just comforting ourselves in ways other than taking refuge in the Lord. Well, and it probably means you try and justify your actions because you blame it on somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think we we can start doing that too. Yeah. Well, Father, uh, more phone calls that I'd like to get to here. Irma is calling in, and again, I'll give out the phone number, 888-914-9149. Irma's listening to us in Phoenix, Arizona. Thanks for calling in today. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I I'm 67 years old, and I've had a rough life. Well, not too bad, but I'm here. (laughs) But the thing is, is um, I identify with the food uh, addiction uh, that Father and I share. Uh, Can't resist a bowl of chocolates. Uh, But I guess you can now with God's help. But my question is, is and I think you've answered it already, of just... um, how do you let go of 
how do you surrender completely to the Lord? Because it is a struggle. Um, I think you have answered it with your, just when it comes to mind, just turn it over to Jesus. But is there another formula, like a prayer, a novena, or something I can do to concentrate on? Yeah, thanks for the question, Irma. And um, so there, there is, in fact, the surrender novena, um, which, uh, which you can look up online. Um, we have little pamphlets. Um, they're put out by fullofgraceusa.com. And, um, and so a lot of people find, find that to be very helpful, just as a daily reminder to surrender. Um, and, but then there's just the constant like kind of dialogue in our heart and, and returning to that place of, of resting in our Lord. And, uh, and one just kind of an image that, that I might use a lot is, is just to, to kind of go into prayer and just say like, I just need to be a little kid and I need like, Jesus, I need you to give me, lend me your parents for a little bit. And, and maybe I'm just sitting with Mary and I'm sitting with St. Joseph and, and just allowing them to take care of me. Um, in those moments when I want like food to take care of me, or I want, you know, workaholism to take care of me or whatever it is that I use to take care of myself. Um, and, and just allowing our Lord and allowing them to do it. And, and I'm, I'm saying that as if it's simple and I recognize that it's not, it, you know, it's probably like 12 years of knowing that I needed to learn to do this. And then, and then finally, like our Lord broke through my own resistance. Um, and I can say like that it's totally worth it. Like it's worth hanging in there and just letting our Lord work on our hearts until we give up and just let him take care of us. You know, another thing I might uh, suggest too, and following up on what Father Sean is saying, Irma, is there is a prayer that I had come across years ago by St. Ignatius of Loyola, and it's just a prayer of surrender. And um, actually, if you don't mind, Father, I'll read it really briefly here um, as we're getting close to the end of the hour. It says, Take, O Lord, and receive my entire liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my whole will. All that I am and all that I possess you have given me, I surrender it all to you to be disposed of according to your will. Give me only your love and your grace. With these, I will be rich enough and will desire nothing more. And... I've prayed that at different points in my life. Not an easy prayer, um, especially when you say, all I need is your love and your grace, because, you know, there's so many other things we think we need. But, uh, Father, uh, we are out of time here, and it's just been such a good conversation. I hope we can continue it at some point in the future. Um, As we do conclude the hour, last 15, 20 seconds, could I ask you to offer all of our listeners a blessing? Absolutely, and thanks, Josh. It was great being with you today. And through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, St. Joseph, and all the saints, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks again, Father Sean. Father Sean Kilcally in the Diocese of Lincoln, Nebraska. And again, uh, his apostolate, Freedom from Pornography Apostolate. Um, You can search that online. You can look for his YouTube channel for uh, help and resources in that area. And I want to encourage you to stay with Relevant Radio, of course, because Mass is coming up next with Father Rocky, followed by The Faith Explained. And tomorrow, here on The Inner Life, we're going to talk about if you are called 
called to single life. And that doesn't mean as a young person, that might mean if you're widowed, might mean if you have other circumstances that have called you to single life. It could be at any age. I hope you'll join us. It should be a very, very interesting conversation, and I hope you have a blessed day.